Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire on this Thursday, September 2nd. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for the next hour, as we delve into the fact that cancel culture is now coming for the left. Now, I said I was going to take a break from politics this week because it was bad. It was just all bad news. It was bad vibes with Afghanistan, with Joe Biden not knowing what the hell was going on in our country, just COVID lockdowns, the works, right? I didn't want to deal with it, and I needed a break. But then I started to see that the right is starting to fight back in this country and I got re-energized. So tonight's show is going to revolve around the right finally fighting back the heart bill beat bill being passed in Texas. Uh, We are now a constitutional carry state as well. We there were medals found in the Moderna vaccine. China is continuing to go grow stronger. Australia is still getting crazier. And Jen Psaki has finally admitted that only women can get pregnant. So we're going to be jumping into all of those subjects today. But before we get into that, please remember to go check out the sponsor of tonight's show my Patriot supply. Remember you guys can get um, 25% off a four-week or three-month emergency food supply with if you go to preparewithsavsays.com. This is a product I use myself, so go ahead and go check them out. Great products all around, everybody. Now, let's go ahead and jump into the fact that the right is finally fighting back, and I absolutely love to see it. For the past, I don't know, four or five years, the right was consistently saying, we need to follow the rules, we need to be kind, we can't stoop down to the less levels, we have to be better than them, right? And during that time that the right was following the rules and trying to be kind and decent people, the left was taking over and burning down the entire country, and now in 2021 have taken hold of all of our major institutions, education, Hollywood, big corporations, they're in control of everything, and the LGBT mafia now dictates how we think and what we can feel about certain things. But the right is finally realizing, hey, maybe it's time to fight fire with fire, and maybe it's time to have our voices heard. And let's go ahead and go through a couple of examples of how that is happening. Number one, a Dabari restaurant owner says she doesn't want business from Biden supporters. The Dabari diner is turning heads with a sign posted on the front door. If you're a supporter of President Joe Biden, you may not feel too welcome. And this is in Florida. Um, A diner is turning heads with a sign posted on the front door. It reads, if you voted for and continue to support and stand behind the worthless, inept and corrupt administration currently inhabiting the White House that is complicit in the death of our servicemen and women in Afghanistan, Please take your business elsewhere. It was the only thing I felt like I could do, the restaurant's owner, Angie Ugarte, said. Ugarte says she posted the message the same day that 13 service members were killed in Afghanistan. And there's that nice, pretty picture of that sign right there for you guys. And I like to see this stuff and many people on the right. And oftentimes when I do read stories like this say, we have to be better than that. That's cancel culture. We don't want to do that. Maybe we do want to do that. Why? Because like I just said, the left is continuously pushing cancel culture on us. They get right-wingers fired, kicked out of their banks, just completely pushed out of normal society. And then what do conservatives do? We just bend the knee and take it every single time. We never push back against the left, but the right is finally getting pissed off. And this is exhibit A of that. Joe Biden's Afghanistan, which were all absolutely abhorrent, pissed off a lot of Americans. The fact that he was looking at his watch as those 13 service members' bodies were being delivered um, you know, to their families at the uh, Dover Air Force Base, disgusting and abhorrent. And this is how people are now responding. Responding, if you are a Joe Biden voter, don't come to my restaurant. On top of that, we also have an Antifa teacher who was fired. I do want to go ahead and play a quick clip of this from Project Veritas because, again, these were the people that were indoctrinating our kids and our students. Last episode, I talked about Yuri Bezmenov. If you guys go to my Instagram at Sav with one N, I put up a good two minute clip of Yuri back in 1983 talking about the four stages of subversion. And how these communist countries would use tactics of subversion and demoralization to completely destroy a country from within. It takes about 15 to 20 years because that's about how long it takes to re-educate an entire generation. And that is what we're seeing now. And that's why we have teachers like this in our schools indoctrinating our students. So let's go ahead and listen to 30 seconds of this teacher and what he was teaching students before parents got pissed off and he is now since um, lining up to be fired. 
How do you do that? How do you scare the fuck out of Sacramento organization that is under the banner of Antifa is, is very loosely organized, right? Um, so that, yeah, when when there is like right wing rallies and stuff, then we like we'll create an opposition to that. Yeah. Beautiful. Where would you go to connect to some? Like, I, I post calendar okay, every week. Awesome. And then so like it's and I do it for extra credit, so they get points for doing it. Like and so that's encouraged them to do it. <laughs> and I've I've had like students show for like protests, community events, you know, tabling, food distribution, also all sorts of things. They when they go, they take pictures, they write up a reflection, that's their extra credit. Like I, I have an Antifa flag on my on my wall. Um and a student complained about that and he said it made him feel uncomfortable. Well, this is meant to make fascists feel uncomfortable. So so there you guys go those were the people that were in our education system indoctrinating our children uh, this teacher straight up said hey if you're uncomfortable with my antifa flag then you're a fascist and uh, also he said that he was scaring the f out of these students to try to indoctrinate them with these communist ideologies now there was a point in america where it was cool not to like communism or communists. And we should bring that back again because we have people now that are out and about wearing uh, communist symbolism, the hammer and sickle, and they're just, you know, walking around in America and it's cool to like communism. But what if we made it cool to hate communism again? Because communism is never a good time for, you know, the, uh, the small man, the person who is not in power when communism is taking over said country. Well, like I just said, the right is finally having their voices heard and parents are absolutely pissed off about the fact that this teacher was said to have been threatening students and giving them extra credit for going and attending communist events. And he has since or he is set to be fired by his school after attempting to radicalize his students. This is from the Post Millennial and it reads a California school district is planning on firing one of its teachers teachers after an undercover Project Veritas video revealed he was radicalizing the students, according to Natomas Unified School District. Yesterday, a group released an undercover video that has been covered extensively. In this video, a teacher at Intercom High School was recorded sharing his educational approach that is disturbing and undermines public trust. So on top of that, they did have a school board meeting as well. And parents were absolutely pissed off. And you know, went ahead and did a thread of how parents were responding and said at this school board. So we'll just read through a couple of these. He said, uh, parents are packed at the door of the school board meeting for Natomas USD in Sacramento. Many could not get inside. Main issue everyone is discussing is Gabriel Gipes, the Antifa extremist who was busted admitting to indoctrinating students and sending them um, to direct actions. A Muslim parent said there should be a criminal investigation into Gabriel. A man cussed out the school board asking them how they could have they could not have known about Gabriel's extremism, given that he plastered his classroom walls with his views, a Mao portrait, North Korean propaganda and Antifa flag. A woman suggested to the school board that they offer counseling to students who were impacted by Gabriel. A guype was recorded saying he used fear to indoctrinate and radicalize his students. So all of these people, these parents specifically, were extremely pissed off about the fact that they had an Antifa member coming in indoctrinating their kids and threatening their kids. So what happened? The right stood up, they got pissed off and these parents went and they got this man um, well he's set to be fired from his teaching position. On top of that we also saw an LGBT teacher trying to indoctrinate her students and instead of pledging allegiance to the American flag was saying they should be pledging allegiance to the gay flag. Well, that California teacher who removed the U.S. flag and suggested that, again, they pledge allegiance to the pride flag has since been removed from her classroom. A California teacher who went viral after bragging in a TikTok video that she had taken down the American flag in her classroom because it made her feel uncomfortable and suggested that her students should say the Pledge of Allegiance to a rainbow flag has been removed from her classroom. She has been removed and placed on administrative leave as our investigation continues. Newport Mesa School spokesperson Annette Franco confirmed to Fox News on Wednesday. The teacher has since been identified as Kristen Pitson of Newport Mesa School in Orange County. So, um... There you guys go. I believe this woman is set up to be fired as well. But I'm glad to see that parents across America are finally getting pissed off and saying, if you indoctrinate our students and our kids and you try to push this communist propaganda BS on them, we are going to get you fired. Great. I'm glad we're finally doing this. I'm glad we're finally hitting people where it hurts at their jobs, in their bank accounts, because that's what we should be doing. If you're going to be a communist and you're going to threaten our kids, then parents should be standing up, going to school board meetings and having their voices heard, getting these people fired.
On top of that, we have Jim Banks introducing an amendment to ban critical race theory in the U.S. Armed Forces. Now, I never got around to playing this video just because we have been so content heavy lately, but there has been a video circulating of a lesbian military member saying if martial law is declared, the weapon that was once pointed at foreign enemies will be pointed at you. Because of the amount of LGBT radicalization and just complete insanity going on in the military, we now have people trying to you know, introduce amendments to ban critical race theory in the U.S. Armed Forces. And this is a Representative Jim Banks, who is introducing Amendment H.R. 4350, which is the National Defense Authorization Act to ban critical race theory in the mil military. It would prohibit the armed forces from compelling servicemen to believe in race essentialism, collective guilt, and state-sanctioned racism. So glad to see people pushing back on critical race theory as well. We all know that's been a cancer to our military, and it's done nothing but weaken in our military. And I've gotten to the point where conspiratorially, I want to say that the LGBT community has weaponized our military against your average American. So that way, if martial law is declared, we will for sure know that the military will listen to a government who says, hey, if a white man doesn't want to give up his guns to you, you have every right to go and shoot that man. That's how I feel about the military at this point, because again, the LGBT mafia has so much power in this country, and they are allowed to dictate what we say now. And they, they dictate what the media says, how we feel about things, what we're allowed to think. And now they have infiltrated our entire military. So people should be very aware of that. So those are some good things that are happening. I'm glad to see people finally having their voices heard us pushing back against the LGBT indoctrination of our students, communism being pushed on our kids in schools and critical race theory being, you know, abolished, hopefully. Now in Texas, another big win for the right, for conservatism, for just Life as a whole, Texas did pass the heartbeat bill. And of course, everybody in the media and Joe Biden's entire administration and the entire Democrat government is up in arms over this heartbeat bill. Now, this bill will ban abortions in Texas after six weeks, as soon as a heartbeat is detected for a little baby in the womb, because that's not a fetus. It's not just a clump of cells. It is a human being in the womb. So that bill has since been passed. And of course, the left is absolutely absolutely losing it. It, they don't know what to do. They're freaking out about all of this. We had Jen Psaki at a press conference today because, you know, reporters were asking, hey, Joe Biden's allegedly a Catholic and Catholics are taught that abortion is wrong. What is Joe Biden's response to that? And um, of course, his administration's response was, this is unconstitutional chaos. Biden vows whole of government response after Texas abortion decision. Biden called the U.S. Supreme Court's 5-4 ruling an unprecedented assault on a woman's constitutional rights under Roe v. Wade. Now, I want to make a couple of points here. One, I love how all of a sudden there's only two genders again, and we're always focused in on women and women's rights when it's convenient for the left. You know, I, what happened to men can get pregnant. A lot of people are cracking jokes right now that, hey, I guess men can have a say in a, on abortion rights because men can get pregnant in 2021. Funny jokes all around. But um, Joe Biden, who's allegedly Catholic and is pro-abortion in the same breath, which absolutely makes no sense, which is why Catholic priests across the nation have condemned Joe Biden. Um he is saying that this is unconstitutional chaos, and the Supreme Court has since said that they are not going to push back against the fact that Texas has passed this heartbeat bill. Uh, they agree that Texas has the ability and the right to pass this, and uh, that's what's happening. And of course, at our state capitol, we had a bunch of just screeching feminists. I don't have the video. I wish I did. Let me see if I can actually pull it up for you guys real fast. But it was actually pretty funny. Just to show you guys an example of who the women were at the Capitol, who these people are, what they look, just to give you guys a sense. I'm sure you already know. Uh, but here we go. Here's the video for you guys right here. An example of um, some of the women who were chanting, like, get, like, ban off our bodies or something like that at the Capitol here. Let's just uh, play this clip and listen to some of this audio. Everybody. 
So for my podcast listeners, as you guys can see here, these definitely don't look like women who are getting laid anyway. So I don't know why they're going and fighting for abortion rights. I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just being honest. Oh, man. Okay, that's the only commentary I'm going to give on that because I'm going to try to be a nice Christian woman right now. Uh, but you know what? If you're advocating for uh, murdering innocent children, maybe the truth should be said. Now, again, Jen Psaki was asked by a male reporter mind you, a male reporter here, uh, Joe Biden's response to abortion rights. And this is what she had to say. She was not too happy. Support abortion when his own Catholic faith teaches abortion is morally wrong. Well, he believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. Why does the president, who does he believe then should look out for the unborn child? He believes that it's up to a woman to make those decisions uh, and up to a woman to make those decisions with her doctor. I know you've never faced those choices, nor have you ever been pregnant, but for women out there who have faced those choices, this is an incredibly difficult thing. The president believes their rights should be respected. Go ahead. Whoa, 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 Jen Psaki. Pretty bigoted of you to say that as a man, you can't get pregnant, but there are women out there who have faced this decision. I'm sorry, but based on the left's own ideology, I thought that men could get pregnant. Really funny how that like that just changes, you know, when it's convenient. So that's what Jen Psaki had to say. The Biden administration trying to use the full force of the government against Texas because we try to save innocent lives because we don't want innocent babies slaughtered in our state. Bernie Sanders came out and said nearly half a century ago, the Supreme Court affirmed abortion as a constitutional right. The Supreme Court's refusal to overturn Texas's law banning abortion is outrageous. Women get to control their bodies, not politicians and judges. Bernie, okay, so we agree on that 100%. One, the baby in the womb that you are murdering is not your body. So to your point, we shouldn't be forcing vaccinations on people then, right? Because women should have control of, um, over their bodies, not politicians or judges, right? So we w shouldn't be forced uh, vaccinating anybody or mandating that, right? Well, mm, unfortunately for the Democrats, of course, their hypocrisy kind of depends on uh, which topic we're talking about. Just like, you know, how Kamala Harris's race kind of changes depending on what's relevant. It's like, oh, Black Lives Matter is hot in the news today. I'm black. Oh, it's like we're talking about... um. Pacific Islander and Asian issues today. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also Asian. Okay, Kamala. Okay. That's basically how science works for the left as well. So Siraj Hashmi on Twitter points out, oh, so when y'all want to have babies, it's birthing people. But as soon as that at that right to terminate the pregnancy is stripped away, it's women's rights. 100% absolutely hilarious how it's about birthing people and, uh, you know, inclusivity. But then as soon as it comes to abortion, it's women's rights every single time. And men are not allowed to have a say because men can't get pregnant, which I thought was a bigoted thing to say, but whatever. Matthew J. Peterson says, I encourage everyone deeply upset about our new Texas abortion law to vote with your feet and move to California or New York immediately. And I had a pretty spicy take on my Instagram and I'm just going to repeat it here. Uh, hoes will literally blame the government and kill an innocent child before closing their own legs. And uh, that's exactly what we're seeing. And again, too, when I say hoes, I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, condemning of these people, but that's exactly what they are. And that's how they act. We had these people screeching to the heavens because they can no longer kill innocent children in Texas. Derek Cass, MD, says, get on birth control now. Any form that is reliable, oral contraceptives, new ring, nor plant IUD, something now. Use condoms with the birth control every single time. No exceptions. This is good practice for STI protection anyway. And she basically goes on to say, you know, if you get pregnant, please call me. I'll help you. I'll do whatever I can. And the only thing that I've taken away from this is, okay, so then you do agree that the left was using abortion as a form of contraceptive, as a form of birth control. Everyone likes to lie and pretend that the left doesn't celebrate abortion, that the left doesn't use abortion as birth control. But if they didn't, then why would she be issuing this dire warning of get on birth control now, use condoms, even if you're on birth control? And also I want to point out, why don't we ever promote a traditional lifestyle of not being a hoe and not being a slut and maybe closing up your legs until you're actually married and have a husband. Why do we never promote that? It's always to the whole lifestyle with these women. Get on every single birth control possible so that you can live your whole lifestyle since you can no longer kill your child. And, uh, you know, again, just to keep it go, go f even further on who these people actually are. 
Alyssa Milano says, nothing says big government more than forcing pregnancy. I'm pretty sure that the government isn't forcing you to get pregnant. I'm pretty sure it's your own bad life decisions. Uh, You know, you wanting to have sex, you not wanting to use protection, you being irresponsible, and then you create a life. And because you are so selfish and you no longer have the right to murder an innocent child, that's the government forcing you to get pregnant. Okay, man, this isn't The Handmaid's Tale. Relax. And uh, again, to highlight who these people were, really are. Richard Hanania, who is a Newsweek contributor, says you can't screen for Down syndrome before about 10 weeks and something like 80% of Down syndrome fetuses are aborted. If red states ban abortion, we could see a world where they have five times as many children with Down syndrome and similar numbers for other disabilities. Just to highlight who the people that are pushing for abortion are, this man literally just said that if you have a child that has Down syndrome, You should be able to have the decision on whether or not you want to abort them first. And because you're not allowed to slaughter your child just because they have a disability, the government is awful for that. And that's an overreach on your rights because you can't murder your child that has Down syndrome. Absolutely disgusting. And I also want to get into as well a little bit of how abortions are actually performed just to reiterate what this process looks like because a lot of women like to pretend that it's healthcare and you just go and you kind of lie down and the, the doctor just rubs your belly and then it's like you have a period and that's essentially what an abortion is. No, let's look at the realities of abortion as Ali Beth Stuckey points out. Later, first and second trimester abortions are performed by injecting potassium chloride into the living squirming baby's heart in order to force him into cardiac arrest, then dismembering him and removing him. This is the same chemical combination used in lethal injection of convicted murderers. I also saw this post on Instagram that I'm going to read to you as well. This is from Live Action, and it says, all abortions involve either poisoning or starving a baby to death, suctioning a baby apart with a vacuum, using forceps to tear a baby apart, or forcing a baby into cardiac arrest. If anybody needed a refresher on what abortion actually is. Um, Steven Crowder points out today too, to be clear, the actual Taliban permits Allah ordained rape, torture, and spousal abuse of women without due process. The American Taliban, AKA anybody who has conservative values or was a Trump supporter, just doesn't want innocent lives being, uh, you know, sacrificed to Satan at this point. The American Taliban wants to limit the murders of baby girls in the womb. And, uh, you know, he just highlights that to say that the people, the Taliban specifically, the terrorist group, how they treat women versus the people who are deemed the American Taliban. What we're trying to do is just, you know, save an innocent life, whereas the Taliban will actually beat and rape women because that's just their culture. Whereas in America, we're just trying to save an innocent life. And yes, we are the American Taliban. So uh, I just wanted to go over some of those major wins in America because the news has been very doom and gloom lately, but I love to see that we are actually making a change. The heartbeat bill was passed in Texas. We are also now a constitutional carry state, meaning that we have the constitutional right to carry our guns without um, like a concealed carry license and we can just carry our weapons as per our Second Amendment allows. So that's what's going on in America right now. Some wins, some wins for sure. Let's go ahead and check in on China, though, because while we have fat feminists on the the steps of the Texas Capitol screaming and crying about how they can no longer murder their children, let's check in and see what uh, China, one of the countries that we should be focusing in on and should be aware, uh, you know, is growing in power. Let's check in and see what they're doing. The Wall Street Journal writes, China curbs on video games. Celebrity fandom seeks to make kids tougher. So apparently in China, Uh, Under President Xi Jinping, China's Communist Party has moved to aggressively reassert control over the economy, going after some of the country's largest private enterprises in a drive to dial back what it sees as the capitalist excess of a previous era. Now the party, which is celebrating the 100th anniversary of its founding this year, is making it increasingly clear that it intends to insert itself into the private lives of Chinese citizens to an extent not seen in decades. And uh, basically, they're saying that they're going to limit the amount of video games that Chinese Chinese uh, kids and people are allowed to play every single day. This article has an um, like a paywall, but I believe that they're limiting the video games to three hours per day. So that's what's chi- what's going on in China right now. On top of that, the AP is reporting that China is banning men it sees as not masculine enough from TV. 
China's government banned effeminate men on TV and told broadcasters Thursday to promote revolutionary culture, broadening a campaign to tighten control over business and society and enforce official morality. President Xi Jinping has called for a national rejuvenation with tighter Communist Party control of business, education, culture, and religion. Companies in the public are under increasing pressure to align with its vision for a more powerful China and a healthier society. So they're lessening the amount of times kids can play on video games. They're banning effeminate men from the TV. And then China's also... Um, issuing a war on celebrities and capitalism. They say that scandal hit stars are deemed social tumors with billionaire actresses wiped from the internet as state media praises return to communist party's original mission. Uh, and it basically was talking about how misbehaving celebrities or influencers were wiped off of the face of the internet, which, uh, you know, kind of sounds similar to America, except in America, it's just more of like, if you're telling the truth and you're actually trying to promote, um, you know, masculinity in our country, you're going to get banned for that. Whereas in China, they're banning effeminate men and they're banning like these social influencers who they don't feel has a positive impact on their communist society. So say what you will about China. But as you guys can see, we have Xi Jinping warning uh, officials, don't expect an easy life and be ready to struggle. The Chinese leader tells uh, people at the Central Party School that the risks and challenges we face are conspicuous conspicuously increasing Xi's comments about the need to fight to protect national security come amid ongoing tensions with the United States. So China right now is strengthening in every single way they can uh, culturally, psychologically, they're strengthening their people. They're trying to make their men more masculine. They're trying to get their children away from playing video games. And they're trying to really push that communist ideology and that nationalism for China onto their people. And what are we doing here in America? In America, while China is continuing to gain strength and China is focused on making their men masculine and making their military stronger and becoming, you know, a superpower that could eventually take over America, what are we focused on here in America? New York City schools now want to rethink honor rolls deemed detrimental to students not making the grade. The city Department of Education wants schools Department of Education wants schools to rethink honor rolls and class rankings because they're detrimental to some kids, according to a new grading guidance. Recognizing students' excellence via honor rolls and class rank can be detrimental to learners who find it more difficult to reach academic success, often for reasons beyond their control. The DOE wants schools to widen recognitions to include contributions to the school or wider community and demonstrations of social justice and integrity. So while China is making their kids smarter and and again, more masculine, we're focused on getting rid of honor rolls because sometimes kids can't make the grade and it's really not fair to them if they didn't try hard enough and they just don't get it. And, uh, you know, instead of incentivizing our kids to study harder via these honor roll programs, now we're going to say, hey, if you're a social justice warrior and you go to like 10 Antifa rallies, then we're totally going to like put you on that, that um, honor roll now. On top of that, San Francisco Initiative is now paying individuals not to shoot each other. Yes, guys, new life hack. If you're falling on hard times, you can just go to San Francisco and threaten to shoot somebody and they will then pay you $300 a month not to be involved in the shootings. A new program in San Francisco will pay people at high risk of shooting someone not to pull the trigger to help alleviate rising gun violence in the city. The Dreamkeeper Fellowship is set to launch in October and pay 10 individuals $300 each month to not be involved in shooting. Cheryl Davis, executive director of the Human Rights Commission, told Newsweek in an interview on Tuesday. She explained that the program is not transactional, but will rather focus on making investments in communities most impacted by violence. And if you thought that was crazy, well, I got another headline for you that reads that, um, oh, you know what? I actually forgot to get to this, this uh, video earlier on. This was supposed to be at the beginning of the show. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, let me see if I have this other one open. I do not. But basically in... Um, I believe California, I want to say San Francisco as well. Um, here it is. Let me pull this up for you guys. All right. So this is from NBC News. So on top of San Francisco paying people $300 not to shoot each other. We also have California wanting to become the first state to pay drug addicts to stay sober. Governor Gavin Newsom has asked the federal government for permission to use taxpayer dollars to pay for the program through Medicaid. So there you guys go. China is strengthening in every single way possible. They're doing all that they can to really you know, come in, institute power. Uh, Afghanistan and the Taliban 
Dan also said that China is going to be an ally that is going to be giving them, um, you know, financial help. So that's what's going on in the Middle East in Kabul and Afghanistan with the Taliban, a known terrorist organization and group. China is getting stronger. And then here in America, we're paying people not to shoot each other. And uh, we're paying drug addicts to stay sober. Now, I forgot to get to this story. So before we jump into COVID news, I'll go over it really quickly. So on top of, uh, again, all of those great stories that we covered, we also had um, some Colorado high school students walk out of their class for a mask protest. And let me just go ahead and play you some of this B-roll here. You've got dozens of students who are holding up my body, my choice signs, and they're walking out in protest because they don't want to wear their face masks anymore. This is actually a great segue into some of our COVID news today, but I really like to see the right actually standing up, making their voices heard and um, pushing back against this COVID nonsense. Now we're going to start off with Australia. We're not going to start off with America because I don't know what the hell's going on in Australia, but uh, basically the Atlantic came out with this article today regarding some of the new Australian COVID measures. Interstate travel within Australia is severely restricted, and the government of South Australia, one of the country's six states, developed and is now testing an app as Orwellian as an N as any in the free world to enforce its quarantine rules. People in South Australia will be forced to download an app that combines facial recognition and geolocation. The state will text them at random times and thereafter they will have 15 minutes to take a picture of their face in the location where they are supposed to be. Should they fail, the local police department will be sent to follow up in person. We don't tell them how often or when on a random basis they have to reply within 15 minutes, Premier Stephen Marshall explained. I think every uh, South Australian should feel pretty proud that we are the national plot for the home-based quarantine app. So that's what's currently going on here, not here, in Australia. And that's absolutely insane. Sorry, guys, give me two seconds here. Oops, sorry. I was dealing with my chair issue. Anyway, so that's what's going on in Australia. What the hell? They are now going to be randomly texted and they have 15 minutes to tell the government where they are and show a picture of their face. So the premier of New South Wales, um, somebody made a video of, you know, her and of basically the truth about what these Australian dictators are saying about their people. And I just want you guys to watch this video because it's it's just an actual accurate description and representation of how these people feel about Australians and what their true wants for their country are. I'm a bit tired of hearing people saying, I don't know how to do my job properly. And I think that's really mean. I remember being criticised. Just remind everybody how criticised I was. That's not acceptable. I hope everybody likes staying at home because we are going to go into lockdown forever. Nobody from New South Wales is going anywhere. We will have two million police officers standing at the corner of every street to monitor every single citizen. We're really watching very closely. I hope this really will be devastating. We don't like to be heavy-handed, but what we need to say today now is that if you leave home, we will give you a death sentence. Please know that you will be shot in the face, and I hope it's painful. You are required to obey what we say, when we say it, and if you don't, you can prepare to die. I've said from the outset, I don't care about your life and the life of those around you, I don't really give a shit. Um, the government is now about to announce what we call the final solution. We are inspired by history and realise we can very easily permanently get rid of anybody thinking illegal thoughts. We aim to have absolutely zero freedom. Follow the rules or else you'll never be seen again. If you think you can live freely under our very strict and harsh regime, I have news for you. If you even consider breaking the rules, I will personally stab you in the head and rip your guts out. We have 24 hours surveillance of every single person in the community. We want to cause anguish, hurt and suffering to as many citizens as possible every day. Okay, so this is the best video I have ever seen in regards to an Australian premiere and just, you know, realistically and accurately describing and laying out how these people actually feel about the constituents and the citizens of Australia. And if you don't believe me and think that this video was dramatic or I'm being dramatic, on top of this new Orwellian app that Australian citizens are going to be told they have to use, uh, Australian police have violated their own lockdown rules to host an LGBT office party 
While Australians were told they shouldn't even talk to each other under COVID's lockdown rules, police officials in Sydney held an office party to celebrate the LGBT community. Yes, really. And this was the Mount Druitt Police Area Command. They posted these images to Facebook showing over a dozen employees gathered in close proximity to recognize where it purple day. And the picture showed the room had been decorated with LGBT flags as the employees prepared to tuck into a buffet. So that's what's currently going on in Australia. And um, it's it's hard to see. It's hard to watch. And I want to play this video as well of someone from Australia. Um, maybe Australia, maybe this is in London. The accents sound like they're in Australia. But either way, this has been the result of these lockdowns uh, at this point. And again, the reason why I liked that edit of the Australian premiere as well is because it does accurately depict how these people view human lives and how these people view the power they have in government. This isn't about saving lives. This was never about people's health. And if it was, we wouldn't be hearing stories like this. So I rang up, uh, the doctor for an appointment. I was categorically refused an appointment and told to take a photograph and send it in. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I get a bit, a bit emotional. Uh, I then took the photograph and sent it in. And to my delight, they rang me back a few hours later and said, the doctor said, you've got an infection. We'll give you some antibiotics. I took the antibiotics, obviously, for over a week. And uh, several weeks later, my wife said to me, you need to ring the doctor again. It's getting worse. So I rang the doctor again to be categorically told that the doctors wouldn't see me. I then said to them, I've been double jabbed. I wear a mask. I even wear rubber gloves. But I insist on seeing a, doc a doctor. <laughs> anyway, they did see me this time and they referred me to have a biopsy done. Uh, of which they told me it was cancerous. And oh, no. I was then referred to um, Leicester Royal Infirmary, where I was told because of the delay, it was not probable, and I've got less than 12 months to live unless I have therapy. I'm now having therapy, but I'm in terrible pain. And it's just disgraceful. If the doctor had seen me back in February, I'm sure they could have been able to operate and remove it. So this video is from a man in Northamptonshire, which is in the UK. It's not in Australia. Uh, but again, in playing this video, I did want to highlight some of the stories of people who have been unable to see their doctors because of these COVID measures, which are allegedly for our health. As we heard in this phone call, this man had a growth and because no doctor was willing to see him, they're now telling him that without treatment, he had about 12 months to live. And like he said in the video, if someone had just seen him when he had first had this growth, if they had first seen him when he was concerned about this, he probably wouldn't be in this situation now. So again, anytime somebody tries to tell you these lockdowns are because the government cares about your health, Think and listen to to people like that and to stories like that because they're absolutely heartbreaking. So that's what's going on in the UK and in Australia. Back home here in America, the CDC is telling unvaccinated Americans not to travel during Labor Day weekend because as we all the as we all know, the CDC is now the fourth branch of the government, as Elijah Schaefer likes to say. Who knew that we had, you know, an extra branch, but apparently it is now the CDC and Dr. Fauci. And I wasn't planning on traveling for Labor Day weekend, but because the CDC and the government specifically told me not to, I feel like I should now go and, uh, you know, take a trip somewhere and just maybe spread some amoebas around, share some amoebas with my fellow friends, see what happens. So that's what's going on here in America. Uh, on top of that, we also have people now getting arrested for using fake COVID-19 vaccine uh, cards. This is 24-year-old Chloe Morzak from Illinois. She was arrested after allegedly using this fake COVID-19 vaccine card to enter Hawaii and avoid travel restrictions. It says Moderna instead of Moderna. Chloe, girl, get your spelling right if you're going to you know, use a fake vaccination card. Uh, but more importantly with this story and what we should be highlighting here is the fact that people are going to try to find ways around these restrictions because it's absolutely ridiculous to tell people that they can't travel to a specific place if they're not vaccinated. It's unconstitutional. It's something that we should all be pushing back on and we never should have allowed our society to get to this point. Now, someone else in the news right now, 
And he's always in the news. He's always being, uh, you know, very controversial per the left, per the right. He just seems like a normal human being. But per the left, he's one of the worst of the worst. And it's because he's popular. It's because people listen to him. And it's because he, unlike everybody else, unlike all of the leftists who listen to CNN and MSNBC and think that Dr. Fauci is their, you know, second coming of Christ, Joe Rogan actually tries to use different natural remedies and different remedies for certain viruses. And, um, you know, he's big on health. So apparently he was criticized for saying that he is taking ivermectin among other drugs to treat COVID-19. He came out with a video the other day, um, saying that he was infected with COVID-19. And uh, he said that he was feeling weary. He had a headache. He felt run down. And just to be cautious, he separated from his family. He ended up getting tested. He was positive for COVID. And so he said uh, they immediately threw the kitchen sink at it, all kinds of meds, monoclonal antibodies, ivermectin, a Z-pack, prednisone, everything he continued. He did it three days in a row. And here on Wednesday, he's feeling great. He said he only had one bad day. Sunday sucked. Monday was better. Tuesday felt better than Monday. And today he feels pretty effing good. And of course, because Joe Rogan, who is wildly popular, has millions and millions of people listening to him and again is known for... um just being very on top of like the latest health trends and how to take care of your body. I know he takes ice baths. He's big on saunas. And now that he said that he has taken my ivermectin and that's one of multiple things he said he took the entire left and the entire media had to come out and say, ivermectin is the worst thing ever. I believe this came out back in the seventies and it was found in Japan, ivermectin. That's when it was like first started to be used and it was used for river blindness before COVID-19 and people started using ivermectin to treat this virus. It was actually known as a wonder drug. So very funny that as soon as we find a, uh, you know, I won't say a treatment because you can't say that because it's not FDA approved guys. Uh, as soon as people try to get curious about different treatments for COVID using ivermectin as one, it's immediately now a horse dewormer. Ken Klippenstein, an investigative reporter at the intercept says dying of horse dewormer is probably the most Joe Rogan way for him to go out. That's how I'd imagine this guy talks. Cause that's just how he looks. Uh, because again, Everybody, per the left, if you take ivermectin, if you even think about taking ivermectin, it's horse dewormer and you're immediately going to die. Um, I don't know how, guys, but Joe Rogan was only sick for three days and he actually didn't die of horse dewormer. So uh, Ken Klippenstein, you might want to try to investigate a little bit harder because it looks like you're kind of shitty at your job, my guy. That's just my opinion. Breaking report as well from today. American Medical Association calls for immediate end to use of ivermectin for COVID-19. Yes, the same American Medical Association that says that we should be taking gender off of birth certificates because, uh, you know, we have to be more inclusive of newborn babies. Yeah, that American Medical Association. I think that tells you all you need to know about this. Now, NPR also had to get in on this, on their attacks on Joe Rogan. And they said the podcast host, Joe Rogan, who has dismissed COVID-19 vaccines, said he tested positive and is taking a cocktail of unproven treatments, including ivermectin, a deworming drug for cows that the FDA warns people should not ingest. And Anomaly points out, why is NPR lying? This is factually false. And he goes to the FDA.gov website. Question, should I take ivermectin to prevent or treat COVID-19? And their response is no. While there are approved uses for ivermectin in people. So he just highlighted that part right there. Of course, the FDA is saying, no, you shouldn't use it as a treatment. But NPR is lying in the fact that this is not something that is safe for human consumption when it has been used for several decades to treat several viruses in humans previously. And again, was called a wonder drug uh, before all of this happened, before uh, you know, medications and treatments became politicized. Ivermectin was something that was used uh, very, very previously. And uh, again, too, to highlight that this virus scares people so much that the politicians that have locked us down, you know, they don't even adhere to their own rules or their own guidelines that uh, the doctors who are leading our entire country of 330 million people through this pandemic, they flip-flop on their rhetoric and how they feel we should be, you know, living as a country every single week. Just to highlight even further how much BS this is, that this is the most dangerous virus in history, Candace Owens says a private COVID testing facility in Colorado refused her for spreading misinformation. 
Candace Owens, Owens said Wednesday that a private facility in Colorado refused to test her for COVID. Uh, she said that um, basically they said that she spreads misinformation, so they weren't going to test her. So again, guys, this is one of the most dangerous and violent viruses in history. So dangerous and violent that people literally won't test you for it if they don't like your political views. Interesting. Very interesting. On top of that, we also have a, a sweet green CEO who has since been criticized for connecting the pandemic to unhealthy eating. It's incredibly fat phobic. This comes from MSN News. Um, Vaccines and masks won't save us from the pandemic, Jonathan Newman wrote, but the sweet green CEO has a solution, outlaw junk food. Newman, whose chain of 100 plus restaurants sell salads for $10 to $15 a pop, published a LinkedIn post on Tuesday suggesting that obesity is the root cause of health problems, including severe coronavirus infections. But of course, people came out and said that it, that is just so incredibly fat phobic. Why would you say that? That, that obesity is linked to underlying health conditions and to severe COVID um, infections. Why would you say that at all? Even though CNBC came out and said that 78% of COVID hospitalizations were due to obesity, it's just really rude for you to say that. Yeah, that's the society that we live in. Just to really highlight how much of a joke everything really is. You now can't even say that eating junk food and obesity is bad for your health and does cause a more severe reaction to COVID because that's just super mean, guys. And why would you ever say that? Well, I mean, there's other alternatives too. you know, if you are fat to help save you from this virus, like getting the COVID-19 vaccine that has been pushed to us and pushed on us by every social media influencer, politician, celebrity, the entire government, full force of marketing agencies. Because again, this pandemic is so dangerous that we have to be consistently reminded by the media every single day that we're all dying and that, uh, you know, we're living through one of the most dangerous times in history. That's how crazy it all is, guys. Well, if you want to get that vaccine, I just want I want to highlight a story for you really quick from Zero Hedge. Japan suspects contaminants in that Moderna vaccine is metallic and it reacts to magnets. The Japanese Ministry of Health announced on Thursday that around 1.6 million doses of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine have been taken out of use due to contamination in some vials that reacts to magnets, according to a ministry official. Now, we covered this story last show. And in the article I read, they just said that they found weird particles in the vaccine. But apparently those particles are now said to be metallic and react to magnets. So uh, just an update on that for you guys. Now let's go ahead and uh, to wrap up the show, go ahead and run through some Afghanistan news just because there is still a lot going on over there. And it is important to highlight the fact that um, we still have Americans that are trapped over there for some reason. Americans cared more about the fact that service dogs were left over there and hashtag no left behind was trending on Twitter. And to be quite honest, I feel like more than anything that just highlights Americans as a whole. It's like we care more about service dogs being left in Afghanistan than we do American children. I, I don't know. I just think that it's interesting, but that's just me, guys. Well, just to reiterate from earlier on in the show, uh, the Taliban is now saying that China will keep its embassy in Afghanistan and increase aid. I was talking to my friend James about this because I am of the firm belief that we shouldn't even be in the Middle East and that it was a bad move for us to be over there. And he brought up the point, well, what about China? China is now going to go and make allies with the Taliban and they're going to get stronger and they're going to continue to mobilize all of these other countries and uh, strategic points around the world against America. And it's not going to look good for us. And I was like, oh, that's a fair point. And now we're seeing that China is going to be keeping their embassy over there and increasing aid to the Taliban. So China's getting stronger. America continues to get weaker. Again, Yuri Bezmenov predicted all of that via the four stages of subversion. And it looks like uh, China has really, you know, stuck to task and is uh, just perfectly and eloquently laying all of this out and we're seeing it in live time. Now, the Biden administration, who was since heavily criticized for leaving millions of dollars worth of U.S. military equipment and uniforms in the Middle East. Well, they said that uh, the Taliban wouldn't be able to operate U.S. military vehicles and assets left in Kabul. Uh, but this parade was happening the other day. And as you guys can see, those look like our U.S. military vehicles. And uh, I'll just play some of the B-roll for you here. We've got some 
and Taliban members waving their flag and having a parade on our U.S. military vehicles that look very much so operational, even though the Biden administration told us that that wasn't a thing. It's really funny. It's like this administration is lying to us or something, right, guys? It's pretty weird. I mean, who would have ever imagined or thought that they would be capable of such a thing? Now, I want to go ahead and lay out to you guys um, just basically our um, American foreign policy in a nutshell in one succinct headline. This comes from the LA Times. In Syria, militias armed by the Pentagon fight those armed by the CIA. And this is a headline back in 2016. But this is essentially what's going on with the Taliban right now. As you guys can see, we uh, essentially just armed them and we uh, left them all of our equipment. Uh, there are videos coming out right now of the Taliban flying around Blackhawks. Again, the ones that the Biden administration said were non-operational. And uh, just to highlight again, our foreign policy just in Syria, militias armed by the Pentagon fight those armed by the CIA. Very interesting there to see how, you know, that was written back in 2016. And it's like history just keeps repeating itself. Also, I wanted to highlight too, um, in regards to the evacuation of Afghan allies and Americans, because there still are Americans that are stranded in Afghanistan. Let's not forget that. I was listening to Dan Bongino's show, and he was talking about how one of the Afghan allies that is stranded over in Kabul right now and is hiding out from the Taliban is an ally that actually rescued Joe Biden and John Kerry after their helicopter went down. He said, hey, Biden, please help me out. I really helped you guys out. Please rescue me and my family from the Taliban. And the Biden administration is like, oh yeah, of course we're going to come and rescue you guys. Just don't even worry about it. Just hold tight. We'll be over there in a jiffy. Yeah. Uh, I could see why this poor man might not believe that, especially after Jen Psaki said Americans weren't stranded in Afghanistan and then they ended up being stranded in Afghanistan. And then the Biden administration said that we wouldn't leave Americans behind. And then we accidentally left Americans behind. And then they also said our military equipment wouldn't be operational by the Taliban. And now they're flying around our helicopters and driving around our military vehicles. Now, uh, just to check in on our defense secretary, Secretary Lloyd Austin, uh, he had this to say in regards to the evacuation of American uh, citizens from Afghanistan. Let's listen to this. Our historic evacuation operation and ended the last mission of the U.S. war in Afghanistan. America's longest war has come to a close. Now, both as secretary and as a veteran of our Afghan war, my thoughts have been with the brave Americans who stood up to serve after Al-Qaeda. Okay, so basically the quote that I wanted to focus on, and you guys heard him say it at the beginning of his speech as well, is we have just concluded the largest air evacuation of civilians in American history. It was heroic. It was historic. And what happens when you butch? You just butcher an entire operation so badly that the entire world criticizes you for it. Deny, deny, deny. And that is what the Biden administration is doing right now. We now have our defense secretary saying that this was one of the largest air evacuations in American history. And it was heroic and historic, despite the fact that 13 U.S. service members died under Joe Biden's watch because of his Bosch withdrawal, because of the way that he conducted this entire operation. 13 service members died under his watch. Americans were stranded over there. American children are stranded over there. We still don't know who's over there or not. And uh, of course, we have the Pentagon and our defense secretary saying, oh, it was historic. It was great. From Blaze Media, Pentagon Spock's downplays leaving Americans stranded in Afghanistan. Quote, we have Americans that get stranded in countries all the time. Guys, if you are stranded in a country that accidentally gets taken over by a terrorist group per the bad decision making of your president, it happens all the time, guys. No big deal. And, um, you know, just to highlight too how Biden's uh, national security advisor, um, is handling all of this and is trying to really quell some of the, you know, anxieties that some of these Americans may have. This is what, um, they're saying through any American who's still in the country, just as we did for the last two weeks. We'll call them, we'll email them, we'll WhatsApp them. They can talk to us about how to create a plan and execute on that plan. 
So there you guys go. Oh, no, you're stranded in a terrorist-run country? We'll email you. Again, this is Biden's National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan. We'll WeChat you. We'll WhatsApp you. We'll email you. If you're a little bit scared, don't even sweat it, my dude. Just kind of stay out in hiding and uh, look for that Gmail notification at 2 a.m. when I finally wake up, and uh, we'll talk about whether or not we can rescue you. Chances aren't looking too good, but just kind of stay out in hiding. That's Biden's administration. And that's why we see restaurant owners piss the hell off and saying, if you voted for this inept and just totally awful administration, I don't want your business. I don't want you here. And again, just to really cherry on top of how awful the Democrats are and how awful this administration is, uh, Nancy Pelosi blocked the House from reading the names of the 13 killed U.S. service members. I was going to play you guys the video of this, but it's just hard to watch. Uh, So basically, as They're about to read the names of the 13 killed U.S. service members. They pound the gavel and Nancy Pelosi blocked the House from publicly reading those names. Why? Because, again, this administration, Nancy Pelosi specifically, Nancy Pelosi doesn't care about Americans. We've seen that time and time again. But this administration was not elected by the American people. That's why they don't care about the American people. And if that's a, you know... (laughs) unfactual thing to say based off of the YouTube and Facebook fact checkers and what they have to say. Well, uh, screw you guys. That's all I have to say about that. And again, it's like every single time I think America can't get more infuriating. I see headlines, you know, on top of Nancy Pelosi, not allowing the names of the deceased service members to be read on the house floor. We have the New York post talking about how the mom of the slain Marine of a slain Marine from Kabul Uh, protests as Facebook temporarily removed her Instagram. Now they have since come out and said that this was a mistake and I believe they have reinstated her account, but um, she's quoted saying, it seems Instagram took it upon themselves to delete my account because I am assuming uh, it was because I gained so many followers over my son's death due to Biden's negligence, ignorance, and him being a traitor, she wrote on Facebook. I'm going to assume that Facebook is going to delete me next. Funny how these leftist one-sided pieces of crap don't want the truth to come out. And then um, she she basically put this really long post out on her Instagram and she was talking about how her son died at the hands of Joe Biden's botched operation and bad leadership. And then she got suspended for it. Uh, again, I'll just read you a quick expert excerpt of um, one of her posts. President Joe Biden, this message is for you. And her name is Shana Chappelle. She says, I know my face is etched into your brain. I was able to look you straight in the eyes yesterday and have words with you. After I laid my son to rest, you will be seeing me again. Remember, I am the one who stood five inches from your face and was letting you know I would never get to hug my son again, hear his laugh, and then you try to interrupt me and give me your own sob story. And I had to tell you that this isn't about you, so don't make it about you. You then said you just wanted me to know that you know how I feel, and I let you know that you don't know how I feel, and you do not have the right to tell me you know how I feel. You then rolled your effing eyes in your head like you were annoyed with me, and I let you know that the only reason I was talking to you was out of respect for my son, and that was the only reason why. She then goes on to talk about how her son's blood is on Joe Biden's hands, and she was highly upset about this. And uh, because she criticized the Biden regime, and that's a big no-no, her accounts, yeah, suspended, her posts removed. But again, I believe those have since been reinstated. Now for our last story of the night. This is from Andy Nome. Just to give you guys an update on the We Spa protests, remember a transgender woman, aka biological man who thinks he was a woman and had his dick swinging in front of little girls and women in a Korean spa in LA. Well, apparently he is a registered sex offender. In June, a woman allegedly, alleged. <clears throat> Sorry, guys, let me reread this. This is a tweet from Andy, you know. In June, a woman alleged a person exposed their penis to women and girls at Wee Spa. Liberal press declared it a transphobic hoax. Story was supposed to go away, but I investigated and found charges were discreetly filed. The suspect is a registered sex offender. And then uh, Andy No goes in to talk about how all of these self-credentialed fact checkers try to say that this incident was a hoax. And as you guys can see here, Slate came out and said that the We Spa video may have been a hoax. Um, the Daily Beast trans incident that sparked violent protests may have been fake. Independent LGBTQ advocates suggest alleged trans exposure incident at LA Spa was fake. And then the insider, how a video that may have been a hoax caused a frenzy on the right. So 
this wasn't a hoax. And Andy No, who actually does real journalism, came forward and did real investigation into this and said this wasn't a hoax. This person is a registered sex offender and charges have since been filed for the indecent exposure at We Spa. And this is not the first time this has happened. He highlights that the people who objected to the We Spa incident were labeled transphobic extremists and hoaxers to legitimize the violence against them. And Antifa did show up to uh, riots at two to riot at two of their protests. And uh, four women and a minor girl, all people of color, came forward to identify themselves as victims at We Spa. Um, the suspect who was, you know, alleged to have had his dick swinging in front of all of these little kids um, was a registered sex offender and is simultaneously fa facing six felony charges of indecent exposure over a separate locker room incident. So if you guys needed, again, a refresher on two, who members of the LGBT community are that are trying to indecently expose themselves in front of your young kids, your young daughters, go into the women's bathroom in the women's locker room? For some reason... They always end up being uh, registered sex offenders. And if we had real investigative journalists in our society, maybe we would actually know that. But because there are only a select few of us and the amount of us willing to do that real journalism gets censored, the average public person will never know about this. Long episode today, but I'm glad we were able to run through all of those stories because they were all extremely important. The right fighting back, COVID updates, and then Afghanistan as well. Thank you guys so much for sticking with me. Again, remember that I do have my website where I continuously post um, COVID vaccine updates, all of the mainstream media articles that I read to you guys here that I have researched and I have read personally. They're all on my website, savsisofficial.com. Go to the research page. You guys can find every single article that I talk about and highlight here for your own research. I'd highly recommend that you check it out. Please remember that you can also find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, anywhere you can find podcasts. Please go leave me a five-star review. I'm trying to grow the podcast listen. So please go share with a friend, um, share with a family member if you like my show. And remember that you can go to preparewithsavsays.com to get my favorite emergency food supply. You can get a four-week or three-month food supply at 25% off, preparewithsavsays.com. I'm wrapping it up for the night. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll see you guys next time.